Walking across the lines and the squares, be careful not to step on the bears. There's bears in the stairs. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, I'm John Ledger from PewterReport.com. With me today on a Wednesday afternoon to preview the Bucks against the Bear in Week Seven as this team tries to get the six and one is the one and only Matt Matera, also of PewterReport.com. Matt, I am very excited to get you back on the show. Uh, it's been several weeks since the Bucks last played. Wait, several weeks since they last played, or does not it just feel not that several way? weeks? It feels. Like it was several weeks ago, but it was nice to have a, a whole weekend to watch football, especially knowing that the Bucks had already won. It was already in the bag. The bag was secured, as as people yes. like to say. And but I yeah, it does feel like weeks ago. Yeah, it feels ridiculous. Um, I can't believe it's only we're still a couple of days away from game day. It, it feels like forever ago they played the Eagles. I was I usually watch the tape like right the next you know if it's a game Sunday game I like consume the tape on Monday and Tuesday. And I watched some Friday, watched the offense Friday, but then Saturday we had plans and then Sunday's all this other football. And so, you know, that time you get to Monday, you've got, you know, full new slate of work to do that week. And so it's like, I haven't even seen the deep, a lot of the defensive tape. Uh, So I'm slacking a little bit uh, right now being behind on the last game, but it feels pointless because who wants to hear about the Eagles game? Cause it was forever ago. So today we'll, that's right. It's old news for sure. And, it was kind of a weird game anyway. So uh, Thursday night, Thursday night weirdness. Is that what you called it in your betting the bucks article? Something like that. I think I said it was weird. They, yeah. they are uh, wonky is one, another way to say it. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I said. So you can't yeah. trust Thursday night games. Right. For sure. But you could trust Sunday games, Sunday afternoon games and Sunday afternoon games where the bucks are at home. I think that's something we've learned about this team uh, during the Arians Brady uh, tenure here. So, I am pretty excited about this Sunday's game. We're going to dive in depth into this matchup. Look at it from the Bucks offense angle, from the Bucks defense angle. Could be a hopeful angle for the first time in a while. Maybe for the defense, I'm excited to do that. But first, Matt, we would be remiss if we didn't tell people who sponsors this unbelievable, awesome show that you all attend so diligently. And that's Celsius, obviously. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I'm rocking the sparkling strawberry guava today. You can see a bunch of flavors up on the screen there. But what's amazing about Celsius, there's no sugar in these energy drinks. They're good for you. Healthy energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat, clinically proven dietary supplement. So you've got all the good things. You don't have sugar, the bad thing. You don't have the drop off that you get from other energy drinks. You have a bunch of flavors and you have incredible tastes with them. There's a big reason why Celsius has kind of taken over and why it's been kind of the one. If you pitch Celsius, if you talk about Celsius in your circles, and I know people in the chat do, they've had it talked about to them at one point, then they went out and go to Celsius and they spread the word to other people. That isn't just Celsius pouring money into advertising dollars. That's literally people just telling each other, this drink is awesome. Try it uh, and check it out. And I've done that with so many people and I know they've spread the word on. So it's been awesome to see how good Celsius is and how many people have enjoyed it and how much it's changed the game for a lot of people. So make sure you check that out. And I would be also remiss if I didn't mention the fast protein bars from Celsius. You can click the link in the description of this podcast to get yourself an opportunity to buy a variety pack 
with the white chocolate cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch. Both are unbelievable. Had a, a white chocolate cookies and cream today on the way down to Bucks practice. Uh, I was very thankful I had it. It has sustained me. That is the only thing I have eaten today, Matt. <laughs> so I'm going to have to make sure I eat a real meal dinner, but it was sustained me wonderfully. Uh, no headaches or anything like that. So I was very grateful to have a bunch in the cupboard and the taste. The taste is unbelievable as well. So make sure you click that description in the YouTube uh, link uh, below and uh, the link in the YouTube description and get yourself some of the fast protein bars from Celsius. There you go. Blueberry pomegranate. I love it. Yeah. And John, just uh, to your point, I like I am really seeing Celsius everywhere mm-hmm. to the point where uh, across the street from my apartment, they're old, they're opening up like another apartment complex, but also a, a grocery store as well, which I'm pumped about that, that I can literally just walk across the street and go food shopping. But uh, it's not open yet, but I was looking in there and some of the fridges that they have it has a giant Celsius logo on those fridges where you can go grab stuff. So it, it's yeah. popping up everywhere, which right. is uh, which is it's really great. It's just yeah, awesome. It is. it is awesome to see. Uh, Philip shouts out the peach vibes. Good, good shout out, Philip. Peach vibes. Yeah. It's a good one. I was drinking that actually yesterday. Um, it's a good one. Uh, we do. I do see all the questions in the chat today. We are going to talk a lot about this Bucks Bears matchup. We're going to preview it, jump in in depth, look at some of the stats, look at some of the specific individual matchups and then the unit matchups as well as we do every Wednesday. But tomorrow I have felt bad. I don't feel like we've gotten to as many of your questions as we should. So tomorrow on the show, Casey and I will be hosting and we will be taking as many of your questions as you can fire at us. So have your questions ready for tomorrow. If you have some on today's show, of course, we'll try to answer a couple too. But because we have this agenda for today's show, tomorrow is a non-agenda show, Q&A. Any questions you have about the Bucs a third of the way through the season, we'll answer opinions, facts, whatever you want from us. We'll answer those questions uh, going through the podcast tomorrow. Casey and I will be at your service, and we will try to help out uh, with understanding of as many things as we possibly can tomorrow. So bring bring that, bring the money for the super super chats, bring some cheese to get some of your top questions in and top questions answered on the show as well. Tomorrow's going to be a big Q and a podcast. Cause I know y'all have lots of questions, lots of thoughts out there uh, that you'd like to us to address and talk about on the show. So we're excited about that tomorrow. Okay, Matt, let's look at this matchup starting with, do you want to start with the bucks offense or do you want to start with the bears offense? Um, Big Let's difference go. Here. Yeah, huge difference. <laughs> Let's start with the Bucks offense. Okay. The Bucks offense. Third in points per game, despite ample opportunities left on the table. They averaged 32.5. All those knees game. in the red zone, John. All those knees in the red oh zone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Red <laughs> zone. Let's just red zone percentage. 12th in the NFL, 64.3%, because somehow we can't devise a statistic like red zone percentage that just eliminates kneel downs in the end zone. Drives me crazy. Or like even, for example, the Cowboys game, when they clearly are intentionally throwing the ball out of bounds. I forget if that was just outside the red zone or right in the red zone. When they're clearly just trying to drain clock on a few plays and not score a touchdown. We can't formulate an effective red zone percentage in 2021 drives me crazy matt try not to get into it uh drives me crazy but the bucks are actually good in all those areas even without that added bump third in yards per game 426 this season and first in passing yards uh, across the league per game 340.7 yards uh, per game they do that despite being only 10th in uh, i should only 10th 10th is good uh in yards per attempt and yards per attempt is very stacked on top of each other it's like number one is like I don't know what number one is, but 7.8, you know, you know, number two on the list could be yeah. like 
8.1. So it's not that huge of a difference. Um, but yeah, that, that part of it is interesting. They have not, they have become a little bit more of an, an inter, a short intermediate passing attack, especially as teams have started saying, you know what, we're just not going to let you shred us like you did against Dallas or even the Rams game. There were so many chunk plays in the Falcons yeah. game. You know, we're not going to, was, yeah, was right, Atlanta. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to do that. So the Eagles are like dropping five dudes out of the snap. So yeah, Brady's going underneath and they're going to have to make a living that way as well. And they've proven better at that this year. 11 screens were called in the game against the Eagles. I think that's really funny, but this is a Bucks passing attack that I think is really still kind of hitting their stride, Matt. And they've looked good from the outset of the season. And I don't think we've really seen them look bad at any point this season. And they're going up against the bears pass defense. That is technically, you know, ranked pretty good this season. I think, uh, their eighth overall in passing yards allowed per game could be because teams are rushing on them. Okay. Uh, you know, passing yards per attempt, they're actually 25th. So they're, they are teams are kind of accumulating good chunks of yards when they throw against the bears this season. It kind of bodes well for the, for the bucks, I think in this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I was just looking back at that Packers bears game last week, the, the Packers shredded the bears in the run game with Jones and, uh, and AJ Dillon, like they were running, so easily against them to the point where they had the ball with like, it was before the two minute warning, but you knew they were just going to run out the clock and they were still churning off eight yards per rush. And um, I think watching the bears defense, while they're not extremely blitz heavy as you know, you just mentioned the stat that, mm-hmm. or I don't know you mentioned a lot of stats, but one of the things is, you know, the, they only blitz 16% of the time that's 29th oh, yeah. in the league. So that's towards the end, but overall, while they might not blitz, absolutely a ton i would still categorize them as a very aggressive defense and i think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that they're so good at getting after the quarterback with the four-man rush and and not really having to send too many guys i think this is probably the toughest pass rush so far in this season that the bucks will go against you could argue the the rams too with you know with aaron donald up front and you never want to see a guy injured or in this case on the COVID list, but not having Robert Quinn is going to help out the Bucks so much in this game. I, I mean, we saw what the Bears did to them last year in that Thursday night game. Khalil Mack got the one sack on our sweet baby boy, Tristan Wirfs, the only sack he's allowed uh, in his career. Our sweet baby boy. <laughs> Everyone loves Tristan Wirfs. That's true, man. That's um, actually a really good way to describe him, considering he's like a 335-pound yeah. human. All he does is protect Tom Brady, but Tristan Wirfs should also be protected at all costs, as they say. But that's offensively, true. I mean, the Bucks are never going to be the team that's going to run it 35 times a game, and the Bucks are going to... The headlines, I don't think, normally is going to be the Bucks win because they ran the ball so efficiently. But if they can get those effective runs against this team, I think we're going to see a lot of screens again. They've obviously been crushing it in the screen game, whether they're going to Chris Godwin or O.J. Howard. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of uh, Giovanni Bernard in this game, or, of course, Leonard Fournette. But I think we've seen as well, too, no one has really stopped the Bucs in the passing game. The Rams did okay. They got some stops on third down, but I would say it was more of just the throw wasn't exactly there. They they missed a receiver or a tight end by you know a, a couple of inches mm-hmm. or right off the hand. No team can slow down the Bucs for all four quarters. And I really think, again, while there's all these injuries on defense, it's going to be up to the Bucs offense to really carry them. And they're just extremely 
insanely good at home. Like Tom Brady fires up four or five touchdowns yeah. a game, and I think we're going to see that type of situation again in this one. It's it's even more concerning for the Bears because the one remedy that I felt like they had, I mean, I, I don't think a cornerback group of of Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley <laughs> who are playing their first real football, and Jalen Johnson, who is good but is not great uh, as a corner, I don't think those guys are going to stop the Bucks passing attack, frankly, and Eddie Jackson, the safety in the midst of – well, his worst season Amos, of his career, yeah. probably. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that the Bears have the ammo in the secondary really to hang uh, outside of what they're able to do schematically, perhaps. But where they've kind of put all their emphasis is on the pass rush. And they don't blitz. Yeah. And they need the four-man rush to work. And now Robert Quinn is probably out of this game. Uh, he is. It was tested positive for COVID yesterday. And so he was placed on the COVID list. And he needs two negative tests uh, 24 hours apart and to, to remain asymptomatic in order to play in week seven. Uh, we'll see. I'm, you know, we haven't seen anyone, I don't think, come back that quickly uh, from a positive test um, yet this season, I believe. Um, I don't think I have, we have anyway, unless I missed it. But um, So we'll see what ends up happening with Quinn. But if he's out for this game, Travis Gibson, uh, Gibson st- steps in. Yeah, he's actually having a solid year as their third edge rusher. This is a different beast. Obviously, Donovan Smith's playing really well. Quinn plays pretty much on the right side and Khalil Mack on the left side. So it'll be Mack against Wirfs and probably Gibson against Smith. And I think that's a win for the Bucs where it would have been a question mark maybe before with Quinn in the lineup. You still have a good interior with with some of the guys that the Bears have, especially Akeem Hicks. They have a pretty deep mm-hmm. rotation in there. But I wonder, you know, Bruce Aarons, I asked him today about increased reps of outside zone and, and Deontay Lee uh, for Pro Football Focus, wrote a great article about it that everybody should check out over there. How much the more the Bucks have run outside zone this season, almost surpassing last season's total number of outside zone plays <laughs> already, just six weeks into the season. So they're diversifying the run game a little bit, and it's helped. It's definitely added something. They started really doing that just against Miami, to be honest. And so that's definitely been a, a big plus for the unit. But, but Matt, I still wonder i wonder how they're going to address this game because there is hicks and bruce arians I asked him about today and he said we when there you play teams with kind of big guys inside a lot of time you don't want to rely on your double teams as much you want to maybe spread them out a little bit and make them move laterally with with some outside zone runs makes complete sense to me but i'd love to see them actually continue to do that and, and step away from what has been a arian staple for a long time someday we're going to have a whole pod just about how much the arians people <laughs> plays have changed uh since byron left which stepped into the picture he's clearly had a good amount of influence here but um but yeah this is one of those areas that the bucks run an outside zone at a rate like they have the last couple of weeks not something i thought i'd see so maybe that negates some of the bears presence inside and makes it tougher for them to defend the run which somehow they haven't even done that well that well this season i think they're just 16th against the run in the league so not that the bucks should be run heavy in my opinion obviously um especially in this game uh, but I still think it's something that bears watching how they approach the run. Was that uh specific that you said bears watching? Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't to be honest, but I should have, but I no, I, I, on that faster. I hear you though. And I think that's a big thing that we've all wanted, at least going into the season and maybe through the first couple games, we've all wanted just a little more creativity with the bucks offense. Cause obviously they're so good just on paper with the players that they have but we want to see a little bit of uh, of a difference with the run game not just going north south kicking it to the outside more and i think that's one thing leonard fournette as as great as he's been 
And I guess the knock on him that we've identified is sometimes he'll get the the happy feet going and not just hit the hole. But he does yeah. do a nice job as well as you know, finding uh, finding a crease and then being able to bounce it out to the outside and get a big gain there. I I, I think one good example was um, Thursday night's game when the Bucks were in the red zone. He bounced it outside for a really good nine yard run, got down to the one yard line, and then the Bucks scored a a play or two later there. I do wonder as well, too, um, with everything you said about the Bears and their good interior defensive front, but the Bucs have been running the ball great lately. And sure, part of that is mixing it up, going to the outside, and just trusting your run game as well, too. I do believe there's something to be said, though, just about when you got things clicking, when everything's running well, whether it's in the, the run game or the pass game, sometimes when you're so good at it, I think there's something to be said about just keep going with it until another opponent can stop you. Like why change your game because you fear someone else when you should almost be fearless in the first place? Cause again, the bucks don't need to run for 120 yards in this game. They just need to run it somewhat efficiently, then set up that play action. You're good to go from there. They know they're going to be playing against a lot of zone. So you can scheme and game plan for that all you want. But when you got Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Mike Evans out there, uh, the run game, while I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but let's, you know, let's put our less. best out yeah. there. You put your best out there and I'll take my team's best over yours every single time. Not that, you know, I don't work for right. the box, but you got what I'm saying. No, for sure. And I think the bears are going to have trouble matching up in man. I mean, the bears have played some man this year, but you're right. Mostly is no one scheme. can match up in man. Right. We awesome. saw that. We saw that. Yeah. Dolphins game should tell every kind of how to play that, but there'll be situations obviously where everybody used a man. Um, short yardage and goal line and things like that. Uh, you know, but I think that'll be one of the keys for for Chicago is zone wise. Can they have enough success to be able to be? And what do they do? Do they are they dropping two safeties out and playing, you know, very conservatively like the Eagles were trying to prevent big plays? Um, rush with four and see if they can get home. Rush with three and see if they can get home. Um, that's typically been kind of what Chicago's done, and so I could see the Bucks kind of living in the short to intermediate areas of the field too. In this one, uh, we'll see if it works out the same way. If Chicago has the same commitment, I don't know if anybody will have the same commitment the Eagles did to preventing the big play. They were serious about it. <laughs> Chicago this season has given up 18, 20 plus uh, yard passing plays, not necessarily just through the air, but just 20 plus in general. Could be run after catch, whatever. That's tied for eighth yeah. best. So they haven't given up a ton of the 20 plus yarders. They've given up four 40 plus yarders is around the middle of the league. So um, I do think that there's potential for the Bucks passing attack to like get on track though, man. Like this is not a group that's playing really confidently or well in the secondary. I even think Philadelphia, you know, you can argue with their talent level, which is better in my opinion than the Bears group. Um, but the Eagles were playing confident in the secondary. Like they knew what they were doing. They weren't blowing coverages, playing smart. That hasn't been the case with the Bears. There's been issues. Um, they really have not given up more passing yards, I think, more than anything because teams have been able to run the ball against them pretty successfully. I, I don't see anything, to be honest, Matt. Like, and the Bears' defense is better than their offense. Yeah. I am a hard time seeing anything that gives me, you know, pause. The Bucks beating themselves is always on the table, but I don't see it, man. Like, I don't even think some of the most important players are having their best years, like Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith, the linebacker, good players, but – you know, are they playing lights out this season? Is it is the is everything kind of working? Akeem Hicks, you know, he's getting older and he was a really important player for a long time. And now mm -hmm. I don't know that he's the same player either. Still a good player for sure. But you know, there's a lot of guys like that where I'm like, I don't know where they're at, man. Like, I don't know if this group is that good. And 
I just yeah. don't see a path. I try to always present a path, and I said this for the Dolphins sure. game too. Any given Sunday. Yeah, I just don't see a a major path to be honest with you, Matt, for success in this area for the Bears. I just I don't know how defensively they could slow down the Bucks unless the Bucks are making tons of mistakes. Right, and, and that's a point too. Just listening to some Chicago people give their. Uh, thoughts on on the bears and everything and sure the last couple years it's obviously clearly been the bears have made the postseason and snuck into the wild card and things like that on the backs of the defense but now they're getting to the point where it's obviously still early and then there's a long way to go for justin fields but the belief at least for bears and bears fans are they have their quarterback of the future so it's like all right they finally got an offense but this is almost the time where now the defense has kept them up and steady for so long. Some of those guys that have been there for a while start to regress because of age. And yeah, obviously you can't just be an elite defense for so long. You you talked about the big plays and I did find it interesting too. Again, going back to that Packers bears game on, on last Sunday, I from watching it and I don't have like the exact tally down, but I felt Viewing that game, there was a lot of times Aaron Rodgers went down the field, whether he was looking for Adams or Lazard or anyone, and they were looking for the big play. And there was a couple times they had the guy with a step ahead, but either the pass rush got there or, again, the throw was just a yard off, which is crazy. to. to He didn't throw it that great. But right. he, he didn't throw it. The, he didn't throw the deep ball that great in that game. I think they were. But they, I think. Yeah. But the, I think the important part is speaking for the Bucks is that they went for it. Right. And the opportunities were there. Right. So if Brady has a better passing game than Rodgers did last Sunday, the Bucks connect on some of those big plays. And then we're talking about maybe not a blowout, but the Bucks finding success down the field. And if they're hitting the big plays down the field, everything else is going to be open after that when the when the bears have to now try to take that away and it's like all right we'll just got you from underneath beating mm-hmm. the zone yeah so it's i did again i i try to always present both sides but how how do the bears do it man they'd have to get away from a ton of tendencies and just surprise the box with their whole game plan and then could they execute well and again we saw how the box only allowed 17 points but those the touchdowns that they oh sorry uh 22 points um, seven, the 17 was the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, all the points they allowed, at least the first two were because of the, the, the big play penalties. So obviously without question, penalties is going to be a big thing. And then the bears, they, the first touchdown they scored against the Packers came from a penalty in the end zone. Granted, they were already somewhat down the field. They were around the, the 40 or the 30. So they at least did enough to move the pa- the ball past midfield. But again, they only scored two touchdowns in the game. And one of them came from or was aided by a penalty in the end zone. So I think that's another thing the Bucks have to definitely pay attention to because it, it burned them last game. And uh, with a an opponent like this where everyone has the Bucks as the favorite and they, without question, should win this game, you can't let stupid penalties and, and big plays like that be the reason that the Bears stick around. Because the Bucks, as great as they've been, from time to time, they've let teams stick around a little bit. And I'm not saying the Bears are like the one team that you can't leave uh, in a close game because clearly they could still run away with it, the Bucks. But I don't think you want to get into that pattern moving into November and December. You're right. You absolutely don't. And here's the thing. We need to talk about injuries because that is – everybody yeah. in the chat's asking about them. We're going to get to all of them. We're going to cover the whole thing. 
for you because we actually got we got some answers from Bruce Arians today. We got some information where I was hoping the injury report would come out. That's why I haven't didn't say it at the top of the show. I haven't seen it yet. That'll give us even a little more detail if we if it comes out while we're on the show. I'll uh, make sure we address it um, while we're live. But uh, well, let's talk about the injuries. But first, a uh, message from our friends over at Immunity Financial. At Immunity Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations! We're so happy. Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different. You still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Aim Uni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial at 800-868-6864 or visit immuni.com. All right, Matt. Let's uh, let's let's talk about these injuries because some surprises today. Actually, we didn't want to say anything or publish anything. We didn't have anything confirmed, but we had kind of. I think JC and I mainly had discussed. It. I don't remember if you were in those discussions or if Scott was, but it discussed the fact that we were a little bit curious about Antonio Brown's health status. He was the player. I when I was down at practice, I looked for him right away. Didn't see him come out on the field. Uh, we only get to see a very limited portion, so he could have come out later. Could have done something. We don't know. We will see in the injury report. But Bruce Arians said he didn't practice today. Sometimes he says that and a guy is actually limited. Sometimes right. he says they practice in full. They didn't practice at all. So we'll see what happens with uh, Antonio Brown. But sprained ankle, I asked him straight up, just like what happened in the, in the game. And he said that he sprained his ankle. Um, so is it Levante David, bad sprain? I don't know. He went back in the game. He obviously played at a really high level. Those things can swell up afterward. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, that one is Bears watching a little bit uh, because Antonio Brown did not practice. Neither did OJ Howard uh, practice, in, and we don't know the reason for that one. I wish we could have gotten that one. We were actually on a little bit of a roll today with Arians, which is good because he had a lot of good answers, but they cut us off at like seven and a half minutes with him today. <laughs> so we were hoping to get to, to push it to 10, but we didn't quite get there. Today. They're like, oh, Bruce is on one. We got to right. go. We got to go. That's what the, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> but um, but uh, so, yeah, no OJ Howard and no Antonio Brown today at practice. He was asked, are these, you know, uh, maintenance things? Because we've seen AB and OJ get, get maintenance reports um, a little bit. Um, but that was not the case. He said right now they're all injured. He said right yeah. now, but he said right now they're all considered injured. So the other players not practicing, Levante David still not practicing. That's what Bruce I was doing, Arians. the fingers crossed. Yeah, he said, fingers crossed, Levante's one of the guys I'm hopeful for for Sunday. I think the, it's we could safe to say the other two are Rob Gronkowski, who didn't practice either, and Antoine Winfield Jr., who came out, had his helmet, had his shoulder pads on, caught punts, was wearing his helmet, yeah, he's, punts in the part he's drills, been but he, He's been at practices yeah. but again because last week was a thursday game it was it was all walkthrough so it wasn't you know like you see the helmet right. and and everything I like that right it's I weird though today is the last step in the process i think he has to get out there with the helmet and shoulder pads on right and then the independent neurologist clears him from the concussion protocol if he has no repercussions from today's practice 24 hours later i'm pretty sure that's how it works based on ali marpet last year so maybe tomorrow if he has no symptoms we could see 
can be cleared. If he does have symptoms, then it could be a step backward. Marpet had that happen too, where he practiced that's right in full, I think, and then went backward uh before maybe the Rams game last year. I can't remember. But anyway, it happened um with Marpet too. So we could see that. So just being patient with Winfield, making sure he's 100 percent healthy. The protocols are terrific that the NFL has in place for this. Uh hopefully it prevents a lot of long-term damage, and you just hope that that is uh, kind of you know where Winfield can be headed this weekend is is back to the field. Um, where obviously he wants to be. They also, uh, Gronkowski didn't practice, uh, but he's, he's hopeful for Gronkowski and for Levante David for this, for Sunday, Jason Pierre-Paul didn't practice. I don't think that's unusual. I bet we don't see him practice on any Wednesdays for maybe after the bye. JPP doesn't have to practice again for the rest of the season. Like even towards the end of last year, he hardly practiced. He has a better resume than Joe trying shrink. Yeah. You know, resumes mean more to, uh, Certain who people. cares about where things are at right now? Um, <laughs> Richard Sherman also didn't practice. He was out there. I saw him walk out there. Very enthusiastic. Uh, D Delaney told us today he's been huge for him. And he said Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. All three of those guys have been very engaged teaching the corners, the young, inexperienced guys who haven't played as much. Um, jumping in with those guys, especially during film study, teaching them a lot of things too. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, these injuries. I was I was surprised about the OJ Howard one. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, especially given his, one, especially I, given his injury history, that's obviously one scare. And then the fact too that he played his best game of the season. It's like, all right, is is OJ turning the corner here? Is is he building something? And right. who knows? You know, it could, it could have just been a, a maintenance type of thing, knowing his injury history. But that would be tough. I mean, the if they go down another tight end, the Bucks are very very. I mean, they they have guys on the practice squad, but that that'd be quite a thin position that they'd have. Yeah. Bucks time 12 says T gun time, Tyler Johnson, man, some great things were said about Tyler Johnson today from Bruce Arians and Mike Evans. They're big, big Tyler Johnson fans. Mike Evans went off for a while for Evans, especially, you know, he really Tyler Johnson's one of the smartest players. He helps me out. He's like, he points yeah. things out to me and shows me things like, um, yeah, clearly he thinks a lot of you. The coach is always going to kind of, to some degree, talking about Bruce is pretty more honest than most coaches, but Evans was effusive above and beyond with Tyler Johnson. Yeah. So a uh, lot of indications that he's on the right track there, even though we only get to see limited sample sizes for, for sure. Yeah. And Tyler Johnson lit up the bears last time. He had a great he first did. half against the bears. Somebody he asked Mike Evans, <laughs> somebody asked Mike Evans today about playing through injury last year, basically playing on one leg against the bears. And he was just like, that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you could just tell that was the worst. That game was a combination of all the worst things. It happened that was, yeah, but. that whole game was wild. And for all the wrong reasons, yeah, obviously. Carl says Brady had no wraps on his hands um, uh, today. Yes, uh, that's that's true. I don't see anything on Brady's hands. I don't think there's any any concern there whatsoever with him. So those are the injury situation for the Bucks. We still don't know Carlton Davis. Sean Murphy Bunting would be a shock to see him back before the bye week. After the bye week, I think those conversations will pick up in earnest about when those guys can come back. Uh, you hope to get Carlton back. It seem, seems like reading between the lines with Arians, maybe he'd be back a little bit sooner than Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, and maybe Murphy Bunting could be a, I don't know if he comes a December, back. A December yeah, edition? Yeah, it could be a Falcons, December 6th, Bills, December 12th type edition. Maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe it won't be that long. I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird injury, man. Dislocated elbow that didn't need surgery. Yeah, right. I have no idea what that looks like. I, I really don't. Um, I don't know. That was a weird one. Hard, really hard to tell. And because we don't know much about Carlton's either, except he didn't need surgery. 
that one's hard too. Uh, my guess is after the bye, I think he could come back, but I'd be surprised if it's before. A lot that. of weird injuries for the Bucks, right. you know, not just like your typical. I don't even want to say an injury because it could happen to the to the someone else next, right. and obviously yeah. that'd be horrible. But yeah, a lot of weird ones like where it's a case by case basis for every play, like Gronk with the ribs. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a that's a tough. Like you can't really the rehab a rib injury. You just yeah, you just have to rest and yeah. Yeah, it's no, tough. it's true. But I want to talk about this game from the Bucks de- or defensive perspective more than anything. Yeah, else. this is a Bucks defense that has not, in my opinion, Matt, and feel you you speak how you feel on it. I don't think they've looked dominant at any point this season, even in games where they held other teams to 17 points. And I don't think that they've had the same mojo, energy, swagger they had in the playoffs. And I'm not one. People know if they've listened to the show. I'm not one to overhype that kind of stuff. Like I'm the game's one in inside, you know, in within the details of the game, the X's and O's, the analytics, all that kind of stuff. But the psychological aspects of the game, I do believe are real. I just think we attribute yeah. them way too loosely because frankly, a lot of analysts don't understand the actual game. So it's all they can do. <laughs> um, but I think that's a factor here for the Bucks defense at this point. Like what is Devin White's confidence level? like right now we, we haven't Did gone you, to talk to Devin white in a while i'm right? sure you saw it but that video that the video has been going kind of viral where uh jason kelsey took Devin white like 20 yards down the field mm, i didn't I don't know see if it, you, to be honest i don't know if uh it's i saw I it up. and it was a bit of a weird thing because Devin was up at the line of scrimmage faking like he was going to blitz and then he dropped back in coverage but kelsey ran out to go get him as he's dropping back so you're kind of like already behind yeah, the eight ball there yeah yeah um yeah, i i hear i hear what you're saying i don't think the confidence and swagger is to the same level as it was and they haven't dominated like we've seen them or would want them to you know what i mean though like when a defense no, I, gets going i hear like you a difference on the field like, do you remember the saints game when Devin White yeah. was unreal in the playoffs, I yeah, mean, and Levante David is screaming at the sideline, like, get out here to Alvin Kamara, like I'm gonna devour right. you. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. I I don't know if that's been there consistently this year. And part of it's yeah. JV being hurt, and now David hurt, and Devin I, White's not played well. Right. So I, I get I get where you're coming from. I would say I thought we saw a flicker of that in the Thursday night game in like the second quarter and the third quarter where they were just getting all these three and outs. They were, you know, Hertz wasn't really able to do much, but then it kind of all went by the wayside, especially in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, when they started coming back and the Bucks were still able to win the game. I think part of it is because you're missing a lot of those key guys like Carlton Davis, like Sean Murphy bunting JPP has been out. So you're bringing in guys and sure. Richard Sher- Sherman, is a future Hall of Famer, great and everything. But he's coming in. He's got to learn the defense. He's got to be focused. And then you have guys like D. Delaney, Pierre Desir, players that are coming in here, again, still trying to learn the defense. I think there's part of that like, all right, I'm in the game now. I have to focus on what I have to do versus, all right, I already know what I'm doing. Now let me make a play. And then everyone gets hyped up after as well with that. And again, with JPP not there, you have Joe Tryon Choyenka, who's played well, but he's a rookie. I'm sure he's just so focused right now on making sure he's reading all of his keys, staying in his gap and making a play going after the quarterback where when he does that, when he does make that play, I don't think he's imagining doing some type of celebration after. And I think that's a, when you add all that together, because you don't have the grave diggers and 
and uh, you know all the, yeah, the ultimate hype hard. guys, it it affects the element of that swagger as you were talking about because guys are so focused on just making sure that they have everything down because they all haven't been here for that mm -hmm. long. Right. And that that plays into the psyche a bit, in in my yeah. opinion. No, I think you're right. And getting Carlton and Murphy Bunting, even though he's even though he struggled a lot, Winfield and David, getting those guys back, yeah, that helps a lot. Obviously, getting Jason Pierre Ball back, Pierre Paul back to full health, those are added. Those are elements here that you know that need to take place for this defense to get back to their potential. There's no question. These other guys might be able to hold it together back to back weeks against the two worst passing attacks in the NFL before. The bye week will definitely help, but that's you know the the Bears and uh, the Saints. They're both you know not your typical maybe uh, you know pa passing attacks that are ranked near the bottom of the league because both of these quarterbacks, Winston and Fields, will go down the field if given the opportunity. They will be aggressive in a couple chunk plays, changing game even if a team isn't efficient. The Bucks have done a great job guarding against chunk plays for the most part, but almost got exposed at least on one. I would say the underthrow where Dean committed pass interference was was a was a was going to be close to being a completion mm. or anything, but the one that Mike Edwards, you know, kind of thought the play was over and let the receiver run by him a little bit. And then, uh, then ended up committing defensive pass interference. You've got to be on your guard against those kind of things. The bears could have scored a couple other times in the game last year uh, with Matt Nagy is obviously yeah. is calling those plays. If the, if they had connected, if Nick Foles had connected on a few more shots down the field, Darnell Mooney is a speedster. He can get behind a defense. Allen Robinson can create big plays, uh, go up and get the football. He's faster than advertised as well. Nobody in the Bears passing attack, nobody in their offense has had a great season, to be no. honest, so far. Not a soul. I guess Khalil Herbert back Herbert, yeah. <laughs> based on expectation, maybe last two games with David Montgomery out, but they're down their starting running back. They're down a couple of offensive linemen, Jermaine Afidi being one of those. They're on to some backups there. It's not been an O-line group that's played great. Justin Fields has been sacked 18 times. Dalton was sacked twice, I believe. And so 20 sacks, I believe they've been sacked 20 times. That's near the bottom. That's the last 22 times. I'm sorry. 22 times the Bears have been sacked. That's dead last in the NFL. They've been sacked more than any other team. And they're averaging 4.3 yards per play as an offense. That's also dead last in the NFL. They've scored on just 29% of their drives this season, Matt, 28th in the NFL. Their yards per game and their passing yards per game and are both last in the league. Their points per game is 30th in the league. They're passing yards per attempt. So are they even creating big plays? I know they're hunting them. No, 6.1. They're second to last in the NFL and yeah. yards per attempt per pass. So there's not a whole lot to get excited about for the Bears. I don't no. think that. I mean, they're okay running the football. They're seventh in the NFL in rushing. How much of that is opponent? How much of that is you have to do it a lot more than other teams are because you don't throw that well? I think Fields' potential is sky high. It's just not happening right now. Not with that not OC there yet. Not with, or not with that head coach, not with that O-line. It, it doesn't seem to be coming to place yet. No, it really hasn't. And that's why this makes for a great, great matchup for the Bucks defense, given all the injuries that, that we just spoke about. I'm curious to see, you just spoke about all of those sack numbers. Do the Bucks decide to just get home with four? I kind of think that's what they should do and drop back in zone and try to make fields beat you or dare him to beat you. Cause I don't really think that's happening based mm -hmm. on the, uh, all the stats you just laid out there. I think the key is, is it just going to be the Shaq Barrett show yeah. or are they going to get contributions from everyone else? Because if it just comes down to it being the Shaq Barrett show, I think that gives fields more time. If Shaq's not making a play, Will Golson's been great too, but the amount of snaps he gets versus everyone else, um, 
I don't think you're going to be relying on him to win a game for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great opportunity for everyone across the board. The secondary, the pass rush, obviously, you know, Devin White, every game is a big game for him now, now that he's the, the leader in the linebacker room for as long as Levante David is out. So uh, I really look at that pass rush as it, which Bucks pass rush do we get? The, the one from the beginning of the year where it was an issue and they had to keep blitzing, or do mm. we get the group that, uh, you know, has, has turned it up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. We'd all love JTS to be in there a little bit more. That could help change a lot of things, but I'm not banking on that going down. Right. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> it's I'm not either, but uh should, but I'm not either, especially after the little 10 day layoff there for Jason Pierre Paul. But um, this secondary is interesting to me because there's actually some matchups in this one that are they're not easy, you know. J- J- uh, you know, Darnell Mooney's not necessarily an easy. Robson's matchup. still a very good receiver, yeah. despite uh, right. You know, and Carlton Davis played him great last year, but he's not around in this. Not one. there. And the Bucks have played a little bit more man coverage since they lost Carlton and they lost Sean Murphy Bunting, probably because Jamel Dean, as he told us today, he's more comfortable in man coverage than zone coverage. Just period. That's where he's at, and so um, that's probably part of it. Uh, also, it simplifies things maybe a little bit for for guys. Um, Still, I just I come back to, and somebody just asked in the chat, what's Justin Fields' release time? Like, you know, what is he, what, how long has it taken him to throw the football? Um, and it, the answer is long. <laughs> the answer yeah. is long. And I just don't know how against this offensive line, I, the Bucks just defensive front needs to dominate, dude. This needs to not be a close competition. Uh, Justin Fields right now, Average time to throw is 2.99 seconds. So basically three seconds for Justin Fields. That's 29th in the NFL among qualifying quarterbacks. I believe there were 32 qualifiers maybe uh, in the data I used. So he is uh, near the bottom of the league in that. Um, he's two, Compare that to Brady, 2.39, uh, which is second <laughs> best in the league. Um, the Bears are also, here's a fun fact for you. The Bears are 32nd. Dead last in the NFL at yards after the catch on offense. Obviously, the Bucs defense has struggled with that because how many teams have gone short against them. But, man, dead last in the NFL in yards after catch for the Bears. So you talk about a quarterback who, even with his own limitations and the growing pains and everything in Justin Fields, now you're not even telling me guys are making plays after the catch for him or you don't have a, a short, quick game passing attack that's creating for him. You know, come on. I mean, that, that's the least you can do, right? I mean, Brady was carving people last year before the Bucs even put that stuff in. Now that it's in their offense, the Bucs are, are first in the NFL in yards after catch this season. And it's not even close, really. And I know they throw more than most teams, so that's part of it. But Godwin, A.B., Fournette, even O.J. Howard the other day, those guys have been really impactful after the catch. And the Bears have not gotten that type of production impact from anyone. Not having Tree Cohen hurts. Not having David mm-hmm. Montgomery last couple of games probably hurts as well. Those are both running backs who can create after the catch. Neither of those guys available for this one for the Bears. As much as I said on defense, that it's hard to see a path for the Bears to success. I just can't see. I mean, Justin Fields just having a breakout game like out of nowhere, becoming looking like a you know top. I know it wasn't even top ten, but top you know ten type of pick like out of nowhere, like just blossoming before our eyes. Look, it happened with Taylor Heineke out of nowhere, you know, in the playoffs. <laughs> I, still wasn't enough. I, I just, yeah. I can't see it, Matt. Like where's, where's the positives for the, the only thing is that the bears, they run a lot of outside zone rushing and they're good at it. And the bucks have been great. Obviously stopping the run best 
defense. I can they get enough? Even if the Bears are good at it, even if they run more than the Bucks average defensively that they give up and mm-hmm. against the ground on the ground, which is what fifty five yards per game. Even if the Bears double that, Matt, which seems unlikely. I don't. I don't know if it's enough. I, right. I don't know. If it's I, l- I look at that stat too. Um, that the Bears are thirtieth in, in with their quarterbacks against the pressure. Granted, you had Dan- Andy Dalton playing for a little bit, but obviously the the major stats of that come from from Justin Fields, and I think that's been a thing for the Bucks too. Again, more in the beginning of the season versus lately, where they've gotten close to the quarterback but haven't been able to take him down. Uh, obviously, you want to get a sack on the quarterback, but if you're getting in his face too, that might just be enough to, to stop this bears offense. That is, yeah, there's no sugarcoating. It's one of the worst in the league. Yep. It is Matt. Uh, and you know, the Eagles obviously were way better statistically than the bears. They had significant struggles and they, I think there's a similarity between Hertz and fields that both have spent too much time holding the football uh, this yeah. season. And that's a part of the, what's hurting the offense a little bit, not seeing things quickly enough. But I don't even think it needs to be a win for the Bucs. I, I think we both, it's clear for both of us, believe the Bucs are going to win. I think it needs to be a dominant type performance for their defense, Matt, where this is one, this is like a calling card type performance, like how they beat down the Lions last year at the end of the regular season and gained yeah. some momentum going into the playoffs. And I know the Washington game was rough in the playoffs, but to me, that needs to be a part of this, like this type of game. I think defensively up front, they need to have a day. I mean, I think four or five, six sacks needs to be. How you win is important when we're for projecting future success. That the Bucs will win, I feel good about that. How they win is going to be critical, I think. The Bears, for all the faults that we've set, we've read, are not really getting walked all over. Like some no. teams, like that's not really happened. I am not quite sure how, Matt. I mean, defense has been great in the red zone. That deserves mentioning. They're third in the NFL in red zone defense. That's a huge stat for this game. I think red zone defense is very fickle. So I don't know that that's going to hold up, especially when they face a, a better red zone offense. But even against Green Bay, they only gave up 24 points. You know, the Raiders, yeah. they, they only give up nine, and that's a good Raiders offense right now. So despite very few strong individual efforts, one of the best of which has come from Robert Quinn, who probably, like I said, won't play for the Bears in this game, they don't have a lot of defensive individual players who are playing out of their minds this season. You know, obviously Max a factor, he always is. Sure. But they've still had pretty solid defensive success. and. I just, they've only given up 30 plus points once this season. And it's a little bit weird that, that, that we're here because they've played some good teams, the Rams, the Bengals, the Browns, you know, the Raiders, the Packers, and they're three and three. And they're pesky, man. Like they're just pesky and they don't, you know, they get sacks. They put teams behind the eight ball in terms of being in down, right down in distant situations. I get it, but I just think they're kind of ripe for getting wrecked on defense like, i just don't know if they have the horses to like keep this up all season it's almost like you have a game bucks against the bears but then there's also the bucks defense versus themselves yeah. like can they start becoming a defense that maybe is not going to win games for you because of everything we spoke about with the bucks offense but can make a game that's 30 to 22 make it 35 15 you know something like that just separate the close games from the all right that was fun let's uh you know let's let's all go home happy whatever because the bucks really haven't had that too much except for the atlanta game which again they cut it to three points midway through the third quarter and the dolphins game where um 
it was a one possession game, but that was like early in the third quarter. Like the Dolphins scored, I think, on their opening drive, made it a game where they were only down seven, and then the Bucks ran away with that. But uh, I agree, the Bucks need to keep stacking those types of. You want to stack wins, but you want to you want to stack convincing wins, mm-hmm. wins with the exclamation point and a stamp next to it, and I think that's yeah. important for them. Here's why the Bears haven't gotten blown out too. I realized they have not turned the ball over. For all their struggles on offense, they only have five turnovers this year. That's crazy to me. Like rookie quarterback, yeah. Fields has not turned the ball over, and that has kept them from getting blown out in games. Um, gonna need a Shaq Barrett force fumble defense. again. Yeah, the Bucks are gonna have to force turnovers in this game. I think. I mean, not have to maybe to win, but it would be very helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be very helpful for sure. Because I think if you do that and you get some short fields on the Bears, okay, now you're talking about a situation you could you could start to pull away and and get some style points and things like that. You mentioned this too. The Bears blitz near the bottom of the league. The Bucks blitz at more than anybody else the in the league. Obviously, that still hasn't changed. I don't think we're gonna see that change this year. That'll be a shock if it does. Um, the Bucks have allowed. The, they're down to 30th, Matt. 30th in yards after catch allowed this season. So moving in the right direction. Uh, 30th and 20-plus yard pass plays, too. Moving in the right direction very slowly but surely. But too many explosive plays allowed in most of those for the Bucks coming after the catch this season. Obviously, the Bears haven't been good at that, but the Bucs are going to have to make sure this isn't the week that they start becoming good at that as well. So a couple things to look at there, but still overall, yeah, hard to find maybe the path to success uh, for the bears in this one on either side of the ball, Matt, I got to talk about uh, the pickums over at underdog fantasy yeah. because your boys winning some money lately. There you go. I got, I got, I got go. two, I got two right. tonight on the NBA game. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in some on the NBA games too, by the way, nice uh, for folks. My, my completely, you know, uh, new opinion on it is that maybe the NBA lines are a little bit easier to catch than some of the NFL ones. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but you can select over under on player stat lines over at Underdog Fantasy. You get to pick two correct and you can triple your money. You get to pick five correct and you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. It's simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and build a pick in seconds. They're going to give you a free $10 when you sign up and make your first deposit. So download the Underdog Fantasy app, sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your free $10 today. Last night, I did a pick three, I believe, and I won $112, Matt. So yeah, 12 large. It's all about the game within the game. It makes it so much more fun. Like, I don't care about Pacers, Hornets, or whatever. I think they play tonight. But then you put some, you know, you place a bet on uh, which ball partner do they have? Lonzo? Lonzo, Lonzo? No, Lamelo. Lamelo. They they, Lamelo you yeah. put something on Lamelo ball or something like that it makes it that much more fun. So yeah, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy because those are some of the best types of uh, picks to make, in my opinion. We're jumping around. You good? Uh yeah I yeah we got <laughs> we we both froze for each other I think there yeah. for a second start talking um, basketball stopped everything oh, well Suns Jazz is pretty good match <laughs> yeah anyway. I don't know if that's the most popular sport in Tampa Bay sure. <laughs> uh, okay so we've looked at almost every aspect of this matchup the one we haven't can you hear that drum roll yes yeah okay good. quite quite loud too loudly <laughs> uh penalties. Penalties are a problem here. We got the Bucks tied for 31st in penalties with 47 of them. Dead last in pre-snap penalties. 20 pre-snap penalties, Matt. How 
The Bears aren't great either. They have 13. Feels great in comparison, but still not great. Uh, 38 uh, penalties overall for the Bears, tied for 16th. So their Bears aren't exactly killing it in this department either. They're not the Rams, but still a factor, man. Bruce Arians has harped on it all week. It's hard. Some of them are BS. It's about fun. Well, yeah. I mean, holdings and stuff like that, sure. But yeah, the pre-snap penalties, It's that that just comes down to focus and concentration. Mm -hmm. It's really no excuse for that. No question in this game, in my mind, Matt, it's going to be one of the few opportunities I think a team actually tries to run on the Bucs this season. They, the Bears are going to have to. Right? Good. Go ahead. Yeah. I just don't Best think of luck. I mean, that's what the Bears do, and the Bucs, that's what they do is stop the run. So it's going to be strength on strength there. Again, I, I don't see the Bears you know, with some backup offensive offensive lineman and a backup running back. If they run it down the Bucks' throat and that's enough to get them a dub, all right, more power to you. But the Bucs, this is again, this is the week, man. The defense got to rise up, got to be great this week. Not just good and, and get by 17, you know, 22 points, but be dominant. You know, keep them out of the end zone. That type of performance, I think that's that's what we're looking for from the defense this this week, right? Yeah, that's all. That's all you really need. Clean up the penalties. Be good in the red zone if you allow them to get that far. Um, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel for this right. one, especially against. The Bears offense, just, you know, I, I want to see a better pass rush and we'll see who steps up in that secondary. You know, Scott was big on D Delaney last week. Maybe we'll see a lot more Pierre Desir, mm-hmm. Um now that they have a full week to game plan and everything like that. Next man up mentality. That's that's where we are at with the Bucks, And um, but I'm confident that they can step up for sure. I agree. And uh, if they do, and if you believe that they do, Matt, where you're going to go to bet on this game is over at MyBookie. When it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. That's why I always bet with MyBookie. At MyBookie, you can bet on all your favorite sports with exclusive promotions, contests, and more to find your winning bet. Right now, when you make your first deposit with MyBookie, you'll instantly receive double your first deposit. It's easy. All you have to do is go to MyBookie.ag, sign up, and use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, Pewter is the promo code, and MyBookie will double your first deposit instantly up to $1,000. How's that for fast money? Use your extra funds to bet on this week's big game, biggest games, including the battle between the Chiefs and the Titans, or the Bucks and the Bears, where Airmail offense takes on Smash Mouth football. Look for the score to run up quickly, bet the over. This promotion is only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Head over to mybookie.ag and use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Secure your double deposit bonus today. That's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. So you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Tomorrow on the show, Casey Hudson and I will be live. We'll be taking your questions, answering a bunch of those. I know we weren't going to get to a bunch today. So jump into tomorrow's show, bring your questions, get the Super Chats rolling. Let's do a Q&A. It's been way too long since we did one. We're doing a Q&A pod tomorrow. Casey and I are going to answer all the questions that we see. It's going to be a fun time, going to be a great time. 4 p.m. Eastern, excited for that. And then obviously you got the Pewter Pre-Game Show and the Pewter Game Day Show coming back this week. You're going to have the Pewter Pre-Game Show is going to start at what the game starts at 425. So Pewter Pre-Game Show is going to start at 330. We'll have you cover all the way up to kickoff and then through kickoff. Paul Atwell and I will be with you during the game, during the Bucks bears game, breaking down everything as it happens in the game. X's and O's, player evaluations, all of the above will be with you through the game over on our YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed, Pewter Report TV on YouTube. It's going to be a great time over there, and we're excited to have everybody back for another game day show since it's been so long. I know it's only been 
it'll be like 10 days, but yeah, like so <laughs> excited about that for sure for y'all. So thanks so much to everybody for jumping in. Oh, we got a 10. Yeah. Super just want to give a shout Robert out to Robert. Farmer. Yeah. Any thanks. truth to Rojo and OJ being up for trade. I don't know that anybody's actually rumored about OJ. If they have, I've missed it. I saw the rumors about Rojo. It was just that other teams were interested. So we didn't even write anything about it because, you know, that's probably always going to be and the Bruce case. Arians the shut market. it down today. And yeah, and Bruce it Arians brings up no a way. good point. I, I was asked about it the other day on radio, and I said, you know, if something happens to Leonard Fournette, uh, you're definitely going to want Rojo in there versus mm-hmm. Keyshawn Vaughn or Gio Bernard. While he's important in the offense, he's more of a third down guy, two minute Arians guy. Arians will prefer Rojo over Gio, but I will. Okay. Well, I don't, <laughs> Arians will, I don't necessarily though. disagree with him there. No, I, th- I think, yeah, but I think you're right there. Arians will prefer that. So we'll see. I mean, Rojo. And OJ, no way. It's not no. going to happen. Bucks aren't going to trade anybody. I mean, I really, it would have to be like a horrible hostile locker room situation for that to happen. It's not going to happen. It's, they, they like the depth that they right. have. It's a big deal. You'd have them, to be so. very disgruntled, but everyone seems very gruntled in that right. uh, locker room. So big, a lot of gruntling. Yeah. Extremely gruntled. Yeah. Extreme, <laughs> extreme, extreme gruntling. All right. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. The 85 Bears.